Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord. Your name is excellent over all the earth. And thank you that you look down on us, Lord, in mercy and love and that you have drawn us to yourself, Lord. Thank you that you gather us together, Lord, and we all join together because of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide our time this morning, that you would Help us as we look into your word, Lord, that you would give us understanding and that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. May you be glorified during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse, starting in verse 16. For men rarely swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So when we look around today, Things going around in this world, in this nation, in this community. It can be a little disheartening, you might say, to to speak lightly about it. But many people are really scared about things. Some people are despairing. We have an hope in verse 19, it says, we have hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the way. So we have a hope. And it says we have hope as an anchor. So what is the anchor? Christ. Well, I know, right? Christ is the anchor, but we said we have hope as an anchor. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Because the, the, the anchor is the fact that he went into the inner into the, right. within the veil. He went in as a portal. So I looked up the word anchor, and it really means anchor. I, there's no... I mean, sometimes you see, you you think it's something figurative or... There's, there's other places the anchor is used as a different word. And sometimes when it says anchor, it means you just pull up to the shore. 
mean, this is actually an anchor. So the, I mean, it's, it suggests that hope, we have hope as an anchor. I don't know, what does ESV say? Assurance, steadfast anchor of the soul of hope. So it suggests that hope is the anchor. So, but, but we know, I mean, we, we think of Christ as being the anchor. But the idea, the anchor doesn't work by itself. Just having an anchor doesn't do any good. Right? Most ships carry an anchor on the ship. But it doesn't help them. It only helps when the anchor is anchored into something. Right? And that's when, it, when it's anchored into Christ. So the anchor is hope. The thing that it's anchored on is Christ. So we're going to just look at this hope that we have. I mean, it says this hope, and you talk, Daniel talked about, he went into the Holy of Holies. It says it went as a forerunner. Something that goes before. You know, I was thinking, sometimes when you have to, I forget what they call it, you, you want to take a big rope somewhere, and so you, you throw a smaller rope. And then you hook it onto the big rope and you pull the big rope. I don't know what they call it. Lead. Lead, okay. So you, you use a lead and then, so Jesus Christ went in first as a lead. And then he pulls us all along. But he went to anchor, to, he took that hope and he anchored it in the holy place. What was in the holy place? The mercy seat, which represents the, it's also the judgment seat of God, but it's also, for us it's a mercy seat. But, so he goes there to place that anchor up there. So I was thinking of on a ship, you know, if you look at one of these big cruise ships, for example, it takes a long time for the anchor to get down into the water. Because the anchor is way up in the ship. And the ship is really tall. It takes a while for the anchor to get down. And even when the anchor touches the water, it doesn't help. It has to go all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. And then it has to be anchored somewhere in the bottom of the ocean. And then it's secure. It says, our anchor is secured for sure and steadfast or firm and secure in some translations. But Jesus Christ did that. He went ahead. It's like he took the anchor down all the way to the bottom. Anchored it in the mercy seat there. In that holy of holies. Going back into the Old Testament, the high priest could only go then into the holy of holies once a year. So they had, in the temple they had one curtain. They called the first curtain and they had a second curtain. So the first curtain 
separated the Gentiles and then the people that were circumcised could go into the first curtain. Uh, actually, the, and any Levite could go into that first curtain. But into the second curtain where the Holy of Holies was, only the high priest could go only once a year. But Jesus, he did it one time. He went back into the Holy of Holies as our forerunner. And then he set the anchor over there. And because he set his he set the anchor of hope over there. Now we have hope. Like about a month ago we I talked about access. We have access. And this is something similar. Now we we have hope. And I know we've, we've talked about this before. This hope is not the same hope that we use in everyday English. I hope the weather is good today or I hope I hope I do well in my interview or whatever. Right? That's a lot of iffy things. But our hope is based on a certainty. <coughs> it's not really a hope as we use in everyday English. It, it says assurance over there. It's a guarantee, is basically. That's what I hope is, it's a guarantee. So, like, when you have a warranty for, for whatever equipment, I know Gary was talking about a warranty the other day about some Home Depot or something like that. Some... No, a few, like a, a few week or two ago. Yeah, okay. Whatever it is, but you have the warranty, you can get a replacement or you can... I mean, that's your hope is that you have that warranty, that's your security. It's a, it's a secure thing and that's our hope, it's a warranty. Jesus Christ went as a foreign. So what about the, what gives us hope? What did Jesus do that gives us hope? He made us clean before the Father. He made us clean before the Father. Okay. I mean, there's no correct answer, but there's lots of different (laughs) So, Let's turn to Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, this is where Paul is in Mars Hill. And he talks about the, the idols that they worship and he says, I ta- I'm going to talk to you about the unknown God. I see an inscription there that says the unknown God. And towards the end of that discourse, in Acts 17, verse 28, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. 
For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's devices. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. So, he's, he's talking to them about Jesus. And he starts off by saying, in him we live and move and have our being. And then he says, basically saying, today is the day that you should repent. He's kind of urging them to repent. In verse 31 he says, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. And then he says, whereby he, had, he ends that verse with, whereby he had given assurance unto all men, in that he had raised him from the dead. He has given assurance, he has given assurance as the hope to all men, in that he had raised him from the dead. So, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is what gives us assurance the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is like our warranty. That, that gives assurance. In this case, he was telling them this is the assurance that there will be a judgment day. So, there's two guarantees there. There's going to be a judgment day, but there's also a guarantee that because of Jesus, we also have mercy. Because of Jesus, our hope is in him. And he has given that assurance. So that's why he is directing them to repent. Because there's a day coming when he's going to judge the world. And we know he's going to judge the world because he was raised from the dead. And if you don't want to be judged, then you have to be under his covering. You have to Hold on to that anchor or have access to that anchor so that you can be connected directly to that mercy seat and anchored in that mercy seat. Now let's look at, go back to Hebrews chapter 6 again. So in verse 18, he, he ends that verse, in, at least in the King James, he talks about who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So he uses the phrase, fled for refuge. What does it say in the ESV? Fled for refuge. Yeah, okay. So that's a... That's a picture of in the Old Testament. If you remember in the Old Testament, God asked them to, to make cities of refuge. They had to designate certain cities to be cities of refuge. What was the purpose of the cities of refuge? Right. If you accidentally kill someone, you know, when 
out of ignorance or you accidentally like you were, you were cutting a tree or whatever with an axe and the axe flew out of your hand and it hit somebody and that person died. Now, in those days they would come, the whole family would come after you to get revenge. So God designated these cities of refuge. If you go to the city, you're safe. So even though you you had done something criminal, we would call that manslaughter today, because it wasn't premeditated. Well, it was an act of negligence or whatever. But you did, still did something bad. If you go to the city of refuge, you would be safe. They couldn't touch you. And there was, like you would stay there till the high priest died or whatever. And then you could come back. So that was a, the death of the high priest put an end to whatever trial you were going through. So here he's, Paul refers to that as if you're fleeing to a city of refuge. Yes, we are sinners and we have to go to the city of refuge. And in going to that city of refuge, the city of refuge for us is to get to that mercy seat. To, to get mercy from the Lord. And in the process of doing that, we hold on to hope. It says, hold on to that hope. And it, I didn't notice this before, but it's, when I notice the phrasing here, it says, at least in the King James, it says, hold on to the hope set before us. Let's say that in the ESV. Where have you heard the phrase, set before? In Hebrews 12, it talks about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him. For Jesus, it was the joy set before him, and that's how he was able to endure the cross. For us, it's the hope set before us. We have that hope. Jesus had the joy that he could endure the cross, and we have that hope. And because of that hope that's set before us, we have to, we have, we can live in this world, we can, we can go through this existence, even though there's things going on around us, even though, you know, we might get into trouble in different times, in our own stumbling or falling, we have that hope and that assurance, that hope is set before us. It's set before us because Jesus went before us. Because Jesus went into that inner sanctuary before us and he anchored us there. And so it also says you have to lay onto that, lay hold of that hope. It's not just that hope is set before us so we are all set free. I mean we're, there's nothing more for us to do. We have to lay hold on that hope. So I was thinking again about the anchor. You know, the ship has rolled out the anchor and it's, it's firmly in place in the bottom of the ocean there. But what if the rope that's connecting or the chain that's connecting to the ship 
is not connected to the ship, it just falls into the sea. Right? The ship is not anchored anymore. The anchor is already anchored there, but unless that rope that's holding the anchor is attached to the ship, it doesn't help the ship in any way. But it has to be, you have to lay hold of it. You have to have it firmly in your grasp. So that the other side that's anchored, now you have a hold on it. It's like, you know, if you're climbing, when little children are climbing up with something, the dad puts his hand out and they hold on to his hand and he pulls them up. Well, you never hold on to the hand, you, dad cannot pull you up. Hope is there for us. The hope is set before us. Just like for Jesus, the joy was set before him, but Jesus still had to lay hold of that joy. He knew that the joy was set before him, but he knew also of the, the suffering that he was going to go through. He knew all these things, but he had to lay hold of that joy. In like manner, we have, we know all these, we see all these things going around us. We might have problems in our own life. We might have financial struggles. We might have, you know, health situations. But there's hope set before us. We might have family members that are going astray. You know, we, have, we might have family members that we've been praying for and we, we're despairing whether they're going to change their ways or not. But we have hope set before us and we, we have to lay, on, lay hold of that hope. Just like Jesus had to, to lay hold of that joy and endure. He had to endure. So we have to endure through this time. It's It may not look pleasant, the things that we're going through, but that hope that is there set before us. If we lay on and lay hold of it, then there's that assurance that at the end, if I just keep holding on to it, at the end there's that mercy seat that is connected. Is that holy of holies, the ark of the covenant in there. That's where my security is. As long as I'm holding on to that anchor, to the other end of the anchor, I'm secure because the, the anchor is, is not going to, it's not going to move. You know, in, in the time of hurricane, hurricanes, there's, there's many boats in the ocean that just get thrown one side or the other side. You know, they just get blown by the hurricanes, but there are some that are anchored deep down that don't move. They get shaken about by the hurricane, but they don't get carried away like other boats do. The anchor is usually a heavy thing. You know, there's the the heaviest anchor was seventy three thousand pounds. It wasn't a Japanese tanker, a Japanese big tanker. 
just imagine how, I mean, that if that heavy anchor is on the boat, you can feel secure that at the time of storm or whatever, you have an anchor that, but if you can't lift that anchor and put it down there, it's not going to help you. You can have a heavy anchor, but if you, if you lift it, I mean, it's 73,000 pounds, there's no way anyone can lift it. You could have five or six people on the ship trying to push it, and they probably couldn't push it. So a lot of these, I mean, they have mechanical things that move the anchor. But in our case, Jesus has already lifted the anchor for We don't have to actually lift the anchor. That thing is heavy. Jesus has taken it. He has done all the heavy lifting. It's just like on the day the day of the resurrection, the woman was saying, who's going to roll the stone? That's too big for us to roll, but the stone was already rolled. In the same way, the anchor is already put in place. We don't have to it takes many sailors on the ship to make sure that the anchor is secure right there. But we don't have to do all that. We just have to lay hold of the other end of the anchor. Just hold on to it so that it will not move. We know that, you know, other metaphors that we use for Christ are solid rock. You know, very similar. If you're on that rock, you cannot be shaken. Because that rock is not going to shake. So let's look at uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 17. This is speaking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which not which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he had, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So it's talking about Abraham here. Yeah? It says, this is when God told him he was going to have a son. And he says in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. That means even though he could look at, uh, look at himself and look at his wife and say, there's no way this is going to happen. There's no hope in this situation. We have, both of us are past the age of bearing children. But, even though he could see the physical evidence that there was no hope in the situation, he had to believe in hope. He had to lay on to that hope because the hope was a promise given by God. So, in the biblical hope is always based on a promise. We are hoping in the fulfillment of that promise. The faith is to believe 
that that promise is true. And hope is to anticipate that that promise is going to be fulfilled. So faith and hope go together. Our hope is, is based on our faith. Our hope is built out of our faith because the, our faith believes that what God said is true. Hope says, okay, I'm just waiting for the culmination of that truth. That truth is going to happen. It may happen today. It may happen ten years from now. But I know it's going to happen. And so, that's the hope that's set before me. I can endure whatever I'm going through. So Abraham could see his own circumstance. He could see his wife. He could... There's no way this can happen, but he had to believe in hope. He had to lay on hold of that hope. You know, we too can look around us and see there's no hope for our country. There's no hope for this world. The way things are going is, oh, I look at my, you know, some friends or whatever, I don't see any hope for them because of the decisions they're taking or whatever. But we have that assurance, and because we have that assurance, we can be like Abraham. We don't look at the outward signs that we see, the physical things that we see, because that's not reality. The reality is the truth of God. The reality is that promise that we have that assurance that in the end, all things will work right. It's like those three Hebrew boys You know, our God is able to save us. That was their hope. He will save us. And even if he won't, even if he doesn't save us, we're not going to bow down before that idol. They didn't have any, I mean, it wasn't that they had a little bit of doubt that maybe he's not going to do it. That little doubt was... That wasn't a doubt, it was just to answer Nebuchadnezzar that even if he doesn't, we're still not going to do it. Because we're sure, we're so sure that he is going to come through. He came through, but he, he didn't take the fire where the fire was still raging around him. The furnace was just as hot as it was before. He didn't come and turn down the furnace. You know, they could have they could have got scared just seeing the fire and they could have been screaming and shouting or whatever. But they had that assurance. They laid on hold of that hope. Even though at that point in time they didn't they didn't have the resurrection of Jesus Christ or they didn't have all that evidence. But they had that faith in God. And just that that grain of a mustard seed of faith that they had was enough to have for them to have that hope that God will come through. So they could say beforehand to Nebuchadnezzar, our God is going to save us. You can do whatever you want. Our God will save us. And we can say the same, our God will save us no matter what's going on around you. Because our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2.
Second Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth, judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no men. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So basically we are going, the reason I, uh, I read this is because when we, when we think of things and we see things through our natural eyes, when we see things around us through our natural eyes and we see situations through our natural eyes, we can get into despair. We can get into negative thoughts. We can be fearful. Because the natural man can only see things in the physical realm. You can't see, like it, it says of Abraham, you know, he believed that God was able to do things that were not and make them as if they were. So with our eyes, we can, the things that we don't see, God behind the scenes is working things out. And sometimes in the, in the, in the Proverbs, you know, there's this, a proverb that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick or something like that. When our hope is delayed sometimes, we get anxious about it. We get frustrated. The same happened to Abraham. He waited, he waited about 10 years. Nothing happened. And it wasn't that Abraham's faith was faltering. But his, his wife didn't get the direct message from God. His wife got second hand. But his wife said to him, God said you will have a son. God probably didn't mean that I, she would have a son. So she was doubting whether she would have the son. She knew that God said Abraham would have the son. So she said, Abraham, you can, there's other ways you can have a son. I don't have to be involved is what she was telling him. So Abraham went through that. And we know the end of that story, how that turned out because it wasn't God's way. It wasn't the way of promise. Abraham held on to that hope, but at, at one point in time he gave up that holding on to that hope. But God brought, brought him back on track. He was able to hold on to that hope again. But that little diversion caused a lot of problems that we even I mean, we can see the effects of it even today. But we might think that God is delaying things. Or what is what is God doing? Why is He so slow to answer? You know, we can you can we can go to Psalm forty three and read there. Psalm forty three. In verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We know all the struggles that David went through, 
you know, his own sons were against him at different points. He had many enemies that were allowed to get him in different ways. And so there was reasons for him to be depressed, to be despairing. And here David, his spirit is talking to his soul, saying, why are you cast down? Why are you despairing? Hold on to that hope. Lay hold of that hope. It's because of that hope I can praise him. We can praise him for that hope. He is the health of my countenance. Basically, he is going to get, see us through whatever this is. Things may look rough right now, but he is on the other side. He is there. And if I, if I lay on hold of that hope, in a, in a spiritual sense, I can be like those three Hebrew boys. In the midst of the fire, I can be walking about with Jesus, singing and rejoicing and praising. Because I have that hope. I'm laying hold of that hope. And right there, the fire is still going on around me. The problems are still there in my life. But I can have that joy. I can have that peace. I can have the assurance because I'm, I've got that anchor firmly in my grip. And nothing is going to move me. Let's look at First Timothy chapter 1. In, in verse 1, First Timothy 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. He says it there very plainly. Jesus Christ is our hope. And we can... We can go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 starting in verse 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have we heard before, in the word of truth of the gospel. So here it refers to the hope which is stored up for you in heaven. It's very similar to the hope that is set before us. That hope is already there. It's there. It has your name written on it. And you might think there's only one rope. There's a, there's a rope that each, each one of us can hold on to. Each section of that rope has our name on it. This is your end of the rope and so on. But they're all connected to that anchor which is Jesus Christ. That hope is stored for us in heaven. It's secure. But we have to lay hold of it. Many 
who started out in the faith fall aside because of different struggles that they go through. Because they see the outward and they say, okay, this is hopeless. Rather than holding on to that hope. We have to lay hold of that hope. That is our firm and secure our assurance that things will be alright. That, that the ending is going to be glorious. You know, further in Colossians, we won't go to it, but in Colossians 1.27 it talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery of ages, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you want that glory, you have access to that glory, that hope of glory. But it's, it's in Christ. And you have Christ in you, you just have to lay hold of that hope. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to, starting in verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. <clears throat> so in verse 2 it says, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And it, it starts out by saying, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope. So when we, when we lay our hold of that hope, we can rejoice. And it's our faith that gives us that access to that hope. But then it says, even though we have, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, we also have to glory in the tribulations. Just because we are going through tribulations doesn't mean that hope has been cancelled out. It doesn't mean that because we think God has delayed answering that hope that God has forgotten or God, there is no God or whatever. We glory in the tribulations because in the tribulations we get to exercise that hope. In the tribulations we get to we get to experience laying hold of that hope. And that hope comes from experience it says it it goes through different phases here. Tribulation works, patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope makes, in the King James it says, makes not ashamed, but I think it says, in other translations, hope does not disappoint. The hope will come through in the end. It's not, it's not a wishy-washy hope. It's a certainty. But, there may be tribulations, there may be trials, there may be, but all of those tribulations are building us up in some way. 
And they are working patience, they are working experience. So, to act, exercising hope is a lot of, comes from experience. You have to, it's a constant experience. You constantly have to lay a hold of that hope. And that anchor should be formed in our grip. So, as Christians, as, as children of the Most High God, as ones that have been redeemed by His only begotten Son, we have that assurance. We have His promises that He will never leave us nor forsake us, He says. And there's many other promises. And our hope is based on, is secured by those promises. And we know that no matter what things look like on the outside, Jesus Christ is a forerunner for us. He has already secured the anchor. We just have to lay hold of that hope that is set before us. And let's finish with Psalm 31. Psalm 31, verse 24. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. So we can be of good courage no matter what we face. No matter what the situation looks like. The natural man can only see what's around us. But the spiritual man can see the hope that is set before us and lay hold of that hope. It's the Holy Spirit that is constantly reminding us of that hope and that assurance that we have. And we, we know that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can know for sure that that hope is secure. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, for that anchor that we have. Thank you that you have not left us on our own, but you have given us that assurance for Give us grace to hold on and lay hold of that hope that is set before us. And to not lose sight of it, Lord. Thank you for all your provisions, Lord. And thank you for the hope of glory that we have. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we sing uh, chorus 257, Christ our hope in life and death? Fifty-seven.